2: Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am Mike DeNiro. This is The Fight for Monday Night. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend and everyone had positive, you know, something positive to think about. Bro, those stimulus checks are coming, so keep the smile on and let's forget about all the negative shit in the world. Before we get to the show, thank you for following along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and thank you for always subscribing to the channel, subscribing to the show, and always supporting Everything we do here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So let's get into the stacked, stacked episode of the Fight for Monday Night. We are going to be talking about two episodes of Monday Night Raw versus two episodes of Monday Nitro. That's going to be really, really stacked. Next week, we will be talking about the 1996 WWF Royal Rumble that is next in the line. And then to compare it to another WCW pay-per-view, the following week, well, it's not really a pay-per-view, but a special event. The following week, we will be talking about not only Nitro, but the Clash of the Champions, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, so next week, Royal Rumble 1996 will be on Monday's show. Let's get into it. Monday Night Raw, January 8th, 1996. We start out the show with Hakushi versus Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett picks up the victory here. This was a Pretty nothing matchup. Hakushi's stock in this company has definitely plummeted since his match with Brett the Hitman Hart. But, that's all good. Now on to the next one. We get scenes of Skeen Jean talking with JR about the Royal Rumble. These little skits with Billionaire Ted and all that. They made it seem like this is the most controversial shit. This is some corny ass shit on WWF's part. Like, dude... You're getting your ass kicked and instead of actually putting on a better show, you're making fun of the competition. Your show sucks. Do a better show. Do better, WWF. Do better. How about that? Instead of the Huckster and Skeen Gene and Billionaire Ted and the Nacho Man. Stop the bullshit. Because you guys look bad when WCW's kicking your ass with these old ass fucks. But anyway, anyway, I digress. We get Ahmed Johnson versus some baggy pants jobber who we've seen before. Ahmed Johnson beats him. Ted DiBiase is out next with Brother Love. He introduces the new Million Dollar Champion who is the ringmaster, a.k.a. Steve Austin. So that's really good. We're going to start seeing some more talent. 1996 is the year where we start seeing an influx of talent that eventually becomes huge in the WWF. This is going to be the year where we see Steve Austin. This is going to be the year where we see The Rock debut. This is where we see The Nation of Domination soon. So I'm I'm excited for what's to come. That's the reason why I stick with this is because I'm excited for what's to come. I know I got to deal with the bad to get to the good. You know what I mean? I got to make it to heaven cuz I'm going through hell here. Let's just say that. Next we got Goldas versus Aldo Montoya. This was a quick nothing match. Golda gets the victory. HBK holds a press conference. He says that he will not retire. He will enter the Royal Rumble. And he is going to beat the champion at WrestleMania. Because it is his boyhood dream. Next we get the In Your House match between Bret Hart and British Bulldog. This was a really good matchup. Bret Hart was bleeding like a stuffed pig during this matchup. But, if you don't have a good enough show and you're just showing pay-per-view clips, like, you're not going to compete here. You're not going to compete against stacked shows by the WCW. They end the show again with a billionaire Ted skit, just like they did last week. Alright, even if this is the route you want to take with this corny-ass shit, You do not make this the main event It looks bad It looks petty It looks like you guys don't have a freaking clue The skits are funny The skits are funny But when you build a whole show To have a 30 second comedy skit As your main attraction And the last thing people see Dude You're only joking yourself This Monday Night Raw was okay Not good. Okay. And it was held up by a match that didn't even take place on Raw. Because if it wasn't for the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart from In Your House, this would have been the nothing show. I give this show one out of five stars. Same night, WCW, Nitro, January 8th, 1996. We start out the show Chris Benoit versus Alex Wright. Quick back and forth matchup. Chris Benoit picks up the victory. This was all right. Eddie Guerrero versus Steven Regal. This was a really good matchup. Technical, hard hitting, smash mouth. Steven Regal was just giving Eddie Guerrero the work, you know, punching him in the face, hard way punching him in the nose. Eddie Guerrero coming back. He hits him with the roll up. One, two, three. Eddie Guerrero picks up the victory. That's good. Sting and Lex Luger are interviewed. Sting says that if it wasn't for Lex Luger grabbing him at Starcade, he would have been the champion. Lex Luger said that he didn't even realize what was going on. He hurt his ankle and wanted, Bret Hart, well, wanted Sting to help him up. Sting is a little weary of his old pal Lex Express here. So, this leads to a fun match between Sting and Diamond Dallas Page. It doesn't last long, but it's definitely cool to see these two guys before they really... Well, see Diamond Dallas Page mixing it up with Sting before Diamond Dallas really hit his stride here. And really cool to see these two mix it up before they became the megastars that they become here in WCW. Main event of the night, we got Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. This was a really, really fun matchup. Wasn't long, but really fun to see all these stars in. I wish they got more time. I wish that it was actually presented as a real matchup. But all I know is to see the Horsemen versus the Mega Powers, that is a dream match. Especially if you think about when the Mega Powers was on top, the Horseman was on top in another company. So you, this was basically WWF versus NWA. This is basically WWF versus WCW. You had four of the biggest stars in wrestling here in the main event. While on the other hand, in the main event, you have a comedy skit. That's all I'm going to say. After the match, you got a big brawl between the Taskmaster, Zodiac, and the Giant come out. You got the Four Horsemen coming out. We just have everybody brawling. The Giant, he slams Hogan, and uh, he chokeslams Savage. This was a good show. I give it a 2.5 out of 5, so a 50% grade rating. Much better than Raw, but... Not the best effort on WCW standards. They keep on presenting these big-ass main events like it's going to be pay-per-view quality, but then we get DQs, short matches, and just basically like no time to these matches. There, there was no need, I think, for some of the uh, interviews and all that. You could have just kept it to the wrestling. I don't think that we... One thing I hate is interviewing wrestlers before their matchup where they go out to the crowd have an interview go back into the backstage area just to come back out the next segment for their match like why not have these interviews after the match that's something like i've been noticing on nitro is the pacing of the show is formatted so weird like once again if i'm sting and i have an interview with me and gene why am i having the interview going backstage then coming back out two seconds later with my ring music again to have a match. that happens the next week too with Hulk Hogan. Like can't that shit just be done after the match? So he's already out there? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I think it takes away from the big pop of the wrestlers when they come back out for their matchup. But anyway. We will be moving along now. Let's talk about. The go home show. To the WWF 1996 Royal Rumble. We're talking about January 15th 1996 WWF Monday Night Raw. You start out this show with Owen Hart versus Marty Jannetty. This was a fun, fast-paced action. There was good back-and-forth counters in this matchup. Owen Hart wins. Rifle guy went over. Good to see that. Good matchup. Next, we get the Ringmaster versus Matt Hardy in a job match. That was really cool to see Matt Hardy and Stone Cold mix it up here. High-voltage Matt Hardy with the short hair. (laughs) That was really cool to see. Ringmaster picks up the victory, but it was a pretty Good matchup. I got to say, Matt Hardy as a jobber, he, you know, he looked good as a jobber. I think that's why he earned his spot with this company. (laughs) Next, we got footage of uh, people talking about Shawn Michaels as he returns for the Royal Rumble. I think it's really obvious here that Shawn Michaels wins the Royal Rumble and he's been, I mean, if you don't know, he does win the Royal Rumble. But it's just, they're making it too obvious here because no one else is really making the Royal Rumble a priority like Shawn Michaels is while everyone else is passing, like, making glancing, passing.
0: Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered.
2: Remarks about the Royal Rumble. Shawn Michaels is having fucking press conferences about his spot in the Royal Rumble. So what does that tell you? You know what I mean? Like, dude. Anyway. Next we get the Smoking Guns versus the Spiders, which was a nothing job match that lasted a couple seconds. They need to stop with this shit. We get another billionaire Ted skit where he wants to call Hulk Hogan the boy toy. And he's like, why can't I buy the WWF? You know, we got young Vince Russo in there. That's the one where he... This is the famous one when they show it on uh, the Monday Night War DVD, where he's like, "Well, all we got is the broken down Hasbends of the '80s," and then you got Huxter like, "We're calling husband, brother. Besides, I started in the '70s, not the '80s. Like, <laughs> come on, man. It's funny shit. I'm glad. Look, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. But I am glad that they finally put it out of the main event and put it into the show." Because if this was, once again, ending the show, I was going to lose my shit if this ended the show. And it's the go-home show to one of your pillar pay-per-views, the Royal Rumble. I would have lost my shit. But anyway, it wasn't. So they're learning. Next, we got an interview with Goldust. He is basically flirting with Vince McMahon. And he's being very endogenous. Vince McMahon actually, like, this was... Insane. I didn't know that they went this route because I know when I was hearing about the Goldust story because I I was really young when all this was happening for real. Like, I was only, at this point, I was about to turn two years old. So, when they talk about the Goldust story, they never mention the words gay or any derogatory terms about gay people. Here, Vince McMahon actually calls Goldust a bad guy for playing on the fears of the average man's homophobicness. And I was just shocked. So, Goldust is a bad guy because... And as Mr. Grant puts it here... The majority of men are homophobic. So, Goldust is a bad guy for being gay. <laughs> and I just thought that was a weird route to take. <laughs> you know, not the best route to take. But anyway, Goldust is a... He's a heel here, so... I guess that's what they want to do. The story of the night is Razor Ramon is on his way to Raw and he wants to fight Goldust because Goldust has a crush on Razor Ramon. And Razor Ramon is the babyface here. This is, once again, very funny how this is playing out because nowadays this shit would never fly. We get a, a funny... Well, not funny, but it's funny enough that we get a match here in the main event between Isaac Yankums and Undertaker, which, if... You know who Isaac Yankemz is. These guys are going to be attached to at the hit for like the next twenty years, because Isaac Yankum's the future Kane here, against Undertaker. This was this was definitely not Undertaker versus Kane from WrestleMania fourteen. This was not their Inferno match. This was a Undertaker squash match basically. He destroys Isaac Yankum's and it will be Undertaker versus Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble for the WWF Championship. After this matchup, we get... The show goes off the air with Razor Ramon attacking Goldust. Beats him down. Destroys him. For no other reason other than Goldust has a crush on him. So, this is... We end the show... We're not ending the show with comedy skits anymore. We're ending the show with hate crimes. So, whatever. This Raw was a lot better than uh, last week's Raw, I gotta say. This show did not do much... In the sense of a go-home show for the Royal Rumble. But this show was really good. One thing I got to remember is... WWF had other shows at the time. I'm not sure if Shotgun Saturday Night started. Probably not. But they had WWF Superstars. And they had WWF Saturday Night's Main Event. All that other shit, right? So, Raw wasn't really the flagship flagship show yet. I guess that's why it's treated like a secondary show. I've seen more action on Sunday Night Heats than on some of these Raws. But this show actually had more matches than usual. I'm going to give this show a 2.5 out of 5. January 15th, Nitro. We start out the show with Lex Luger versus Macho Man. Macho Man is the number one contender. But funny enough here, Lex Luger actually makes Macho Man submit with the torture rack. This was a pretty good matchup and a fun way to start the show. Lex Luger beats Macho Man, who is the number one contender. But Lex Luger does not earn a number one contendership spot. It is said that Macho Man is still the number one contender, which is funny. But I thought it didn't make sense, but it actually made more sense later on in the night where they decided to actually bring this up. But I'll talk about that later. Next, we got the Dungeon of Doom coming out with the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen are all, besides Brian Pillman, are all dressed up to the nine. They said that this is a business meeting. They call truce and respect each other and they want to take out Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. They said that they respect Taskmaster and the Dungeon of Doom, but they're definitely not scared of the Dungeon of Doom. And then, this leads to Brian Pillman like acting crazy saying, we're not scared of you, Sullivan. We're not scared of you. We're not scared of you. And then, you got Arn Anderson turned around and slaps the taste out of Brian Pillman's mouth. So, this is going to lead to bigger things. This is the infamous pencil storyline where you got Brian Pillman basically breaking K Fabe and his feud with Kevin Sullivan here. But this was a real classic segment and was really fun to see this here. Next we got the debut of Public Enemy. Rocco Rock and Jotty Grudge from ECW Fame. They go against the American males, which is the polar opposites of what they are. This is a lot better than the Public Enemies WWF debut because the Public Enemy actually got offense in and actually won this matchup here. And then after the matchup, they stacked two tables together just like they used to do in ECW. They put Buff Bagwell or Marcus Bagwell on top of the tables. And Rocco Rock does a flying flipping senton onto him through the two tables. The crowd goes crazy. ECW chants. Everybody knows who these guys are from ECW. This was really fun to see and really cool to see them here. We keep getting these spurts of ECW alumni here in WCW. You know, I don't know where Sabu was these last, like, you know, couple months. Because Sabu was a pinnacle role here in WCW's, Nitro's early days. But I guess he's back in ECW at this point. But really cool to see the public enemy here. Next we get a WCW title match. Now, this is what I didn't like, right? So, you got a WCW title match here. Between Ric Flair and Sting, of all people. And that's great. That's a legendary feud. Two legendary competitors and bitter rivals going at it for the WCW title. Why was this not the main event? Really, why was this not the main event? And I'll tell you why. Because fucking Hulk Hogan has to mean the event. Hulk Hogan, like, dude. I now know why. Because I used to think... (laughs) I used to think people loved Hogan, and they did, right? So, when I was younger and I was hearing about why he turned heel in WCW, I was like, people hated him. No, no, no. I really see why, at this point, why people would turn against him. This is the John Cena treatment. This is the Hogan must pose error. This is the, no matter who's the world champion, it is only secondary to what Hulk Hogan's doing on this card. But anyway, Stinger Ric Flair was a really good matchup. Good back and forth action. During the matchup, Lex Luger comes out and accidentally nails Ric Flair. I mean nails Sting with Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Sting is, this is unbeknownst to Sting. And Lex Luger did say it was an accident, but this led to Ric Flair rolling up Sting for the pin. So, Ric Flair retains the WCW title. Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan then come out. They say that they're trying to convince Sting that Lex Luger is a bad guy and he shouldn't be friends with him. So, Sting doesn't know what happened. He says he's got to find out what happened. Then, this leads to Hulk Hogan directing his attention towards Macho Man. And, he's pissed at Macho Man. He says, Macho Man, you lost your match earlier. Why are you still number one contender? I should be number one contender. I'm on a roll. You, you're you on a losing streak. You're injured. Macho Man says, you know, you know, get out of my way or you'll be the next victim. Blah, blah, blah. But, then, they're all buddy-buddy after the show. Like, because next we got... And this is what I was talking about again. With a segment happening where a wrestler leaves the ring. Goes backstage just to come back out for their match. Like, Hogan could have just stayed in the fucking ring. But instead, we got Hulk Hogan going backstage. Coming back out a second later for the next segment to go against Ming. And this matchup was just basically Hulk Hogan destroying Ming. Which I would have liked to see a more competitive matchup here. Because... To have Ming or Haku versus Hulk Hogan. It, it, it did pique my interest. But not just for a fucking Hulk Hogan job match in the main event here. The Dungeon of Doom attacks Hulk Hogan after the win. This leads to Macho Man, Randy Savage coming out, evening the odds. And Hulk Hogan and Macho Man saying, we're on the same page. Like, they didn't even give you guys time to really feel like if there was any dissension here between Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. Because... What, one segment and you guys are goody-goody again? But, whatever. This was a good show, though. Really good show. WCW started out in 96 with having these pay-per-view quality matches, title matches, and just a lot of big names on the show. And I think that that adds a lot to the show. This show, I give it a 3 out of 5 stars. I liked it. I liked it more than Raw. WCW wins both weeks here for these two weeks in the Monday Night War. So, so far, WCW is still kicking WWF's ass. Next week, like I said, we will have the whole show dedicated to the 1996 WWF Royal Rumble. That is the next show in line. And then the following week, we will have Raw, Nitro, and we will be also talking about the Clash of the Champions. So make sure you tune in for that. Tune in on Wednesday for a new episode of The Fight for Wednesday Night. Thursday for a new episode of Making an Impact and Friday for a new episode of This is Extreme. Hope everyone has a great week. Take care.